Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. It is so good to talk to you today. I've kind of been on a little vacation here. Just, I say, mental vacation more than anything. But you know what? You know when you go on vacation, you need a vacation from your vacation? Well, that's me. Because when I got home, my home looked like an Amazon fulfillment center. Because when you're an influencer, that happens. And it's a good thing, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So came home, and about two months ago, I talked to a dear friend of mine that I have with here in the studio, Katie Epps. Hey. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here. You are so welcome. Let me tell you, I love all things health and fitness and sometimes more than other. And I want to introduce how I know Katie. And about two months ago, I started sniffing around saying, would you come to Fort Worth and and uh, film with me and, and record with me? And she was so sweet. Of course, we are hopefully saying goodbye soon to COVID. And we calmed down. We were going to do Zoom, but, you know, we've done Zoom and it works fine, but I get to see you. And you came in today. You flew in from Austin. So thank you. Yeah, I did. I You know what? It, this was such a treat for me because... <laughs> I've been at home with three children for a year. I homeschool. And honestly, this has been, I got to put on like jeans and high heels and my children were like, wait, where are you going all day, all the day? <laughs> and you have three boys. I do. Oh my goodness. And, and you, and just a, a year old. Mm-hmm. So my <laughs> oldest is going to be eight in June. And then I, um, my middle guy is six. And then my baby um, was born last year in January. So. Okay. Three. And I asked her at lunch today, are you done? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. Um, I'll be 40 in November. So, um, I told my husband, I was like, I want to go to Hawaii for my 40th birthday. I don't want to be pregnant or nursing. I no. want a cocktail on the beach and I want to just be beautiful and fabulous. And I, d I don't want Enough no. is enough. Yeah, I'm good. And you're homeschooling for sure. I mm -hmm. mean, that's, that is, and you made that decision, Katie, because, and it makes sense to me because I have friends in multiple school districts, private as well as public schools that said exactly what you said about your children, different schedules at schools. How does that work? So ultimately, so I, my, my boys that are actually in school are in kindergarten and first grade. So you know, I'm not dealing with middle school or, you know, high school math. So it's fine. Like mm -hmm. I can teach them everything that they need to know. But ultimately when we were coming back in and we didn't really know what the school system was going to look like in the fall. And then they said, you know, after Labor Day, they were going to start, you know, implementing in person, but you could opt out if you wanted to, if you went in person and you would be basically, if you went in person, you would be blocked into different areas um, with certain people. So you'd be like maybe a color blue. And so all the blue children would, you know, go together. Right. Well, if one of the children in blue pod got exposed to COVID, then everybody gets home quarantined or until you come back with a COVID test that says you don't have it. Right. So because of that, it was so just, I don't know what's going to happen. And I have friends that, you know, their kids are in and, you know, Johnny got sent home with COVID for two weeks, but Mary Beth and Susie are still in school. And then Mary Beth gets sent home and then they're all gone. And then I just, I didn't want the, right. I didn't want to not know. Sure. I, I wanted a schedule and, you know, my children have made every single day of school. They haven't missed anything. Sure. We haven't been in limbo and, their schedule is their schedule and my children thrive on that. So right. it just made sense for me to say, okay, you know, school starts at 740. These are your classes. 
no matter what, we will always be there. Exactly. And they right. know what to expect. So they have something called um, synchronous and asynchronous learning. So synchronous is when they're in front of their teacher um, and asynchronous is when they're on their own. So when they get off of their Zoom call, then they go straight into asynchronous learning. And that could be everything from, you know, worksheets or applications or something that helps them, you know, travel in through some kind of educational process. Wow. So some of them, some of the apps are really cool. Um, they automatically learn your child. So as they're introducing new concepts, they'll understand what your child knows or what they're struggling with. And they'll continue to reintroduce what they're struggling with and they'll move on and build upon what they understand. Amazing. Really Amazing. Incredible. I mean, incredible, this learning. I mean, and, and, and what we've all learned throughout this COVID, you know, and how to work and how to cohabitate mm -hmm. in a home with multiple, I mean, you are stay-at-home mom and you do have a business that you run as long as well as Chris, your husband. So learning how to cohabitate. And we've talked about that. I have friends that are struggling with it and, and it's tough. It's it, just tough. It is. It, it, it takes a lot of balance. Honestly, though, my family has thrived. We absolutely love it. It's a good thing that we can't have any more children because I'm pretty sure we would have baby number oh, four coming. Oh, my stars. No, it's been just so good. <laughs> like, it's just so nice to see my children every day and understand where they are in their education and, you know, to be able to push them and, and really make them understand my expectations. And mm -hmm. then when they're struggling, like, to really, for them to be able to come and really break it down. Like, I just, I don't understand what's happening here. Like, I don't know why this does this. Okay. And Here's a question for you. Are you putting your, your children back in school when it's safe? Do you feel like you want to do the homeschool or have y'all made that decision as a couple? So we are pulling them out of public school. We're putting them in a private school, but in a private school that is both in person and online. So, um, you know, for the families that really need their children out of the house or they need to be back in work, I love that they're going to have that option. I love the flexibility of what we've been able to accomplish this year and how much more I've been able to build upon not only what they're learning, but their experiences. Sure. You know, we're at home, but, you know, we're taking piano lessons, you know, via FaceTime call. We're doing chess lessons via Zoom call. We're doing um, Spanish lessons, you know, via an online class. So we have all these extra things that I'm adding and I don't have to drive anywhere. Mm -hmm. And the children are getting to absorb all of these pieces. Right. And I, I like that freedom. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I, honestly, I like being home with them. I oh, think absolutely. they're awesome. You know, and I, I did a podcast back, gosh, it's been August, September, I believe. And, and two young women from our community and they are advocates for getting children back in school because there is a population of missing children in Fort Worth for sure. And, um, some families just aren't equipped to deal with oh. and they get their nurturing from the teachers in the school system. So there's that. And, but everyone's different. And I always say this on the show, everyone is different. Every family has this unique situation and the choice. Yeah. And I, I hope going forward that since they've already created these online programming, that maybe it will a lot for people to have more choice and think about this too. I don't have this yet because my children are very young, but what about bullying situations? You know, now all of a sudden you don't have to be at school next to that bully every day. Um, boy, girl problems or girl, girl problems or boy, boy problems, like whatever that looks like relationally. Um, if you are young and you're still trying to identify your sexuality or who you want to be or anything, and you don't feel comfortable in your situation, 
but you're happy at home. Like, could we actually advance and help people just get their education Sure. and then not have to deal with the social issues? Right. I mean, the social emotional part of being able to be with friends is beautiful. Right. If they're friends. Exactly. If it's an ugly situation, like why? I mean, I know there's lots of parents that would cry. They have no other option. They can't homeschool because they have to work or, you know, there was no online schooling and they have to send their children into bad situations every day because they have to get an education. And that's just. Oh, it's true. It's unfortunate. And, and I have a friend that has a blended family. There's four children on computers. So they had to have, they had to get different, you know, four mm-hmm. computers and the internet and dad's an investor. And yep. so it was a game and it's just learning. And we all have learned how to behave. Yes. Well, maybe. I'm not <laughs> real sure. So how I know Katie. So we're going to back up. We were trying to do the math and she's very, very good at dates. But I was um, training. I guess it was before I met. It was right when I met Greg and we were getting married and I was training and I was going into the competition circuit for if you could explain what we were doing, you, you, you and I both have been in this competition circuit. So bodybuilding, um, it used to be, you know, old school bodybuilding was just a Arnold Schwarzenegger and like the big tough ladies. And then eventually they added into, um, figure, which would be a less muscular look than actual female bodybuilding. And then they added bikini because girls weren't really weren't equipped muscle wise or they hadn't been training long enough to do figure, or they were starting to take different drugs. So, and they wanted a different look. So, so then they had bikini figure and female bodybuilding. And then they also have um, a division called fitness where they do uh, a workout routine and they do, you know, acrobatics and there's five elements that they need to accomplish to it. But those girls are generally more on the realm of a figure competitor. So they had those divisions and then Eventually they added another one called physique and physique for women is more muscular than, um, figure, but not as muscular as bodybuilding. And they, but they do a routine very similar to the bodybuilders. So, and then just recently they have another division and it's called, I heard this Yeah, health or that's not right. Wellness. It's the wellness. And that is for the girls that have built, bigger quads and bigger glutes. Um, or if they naturally had that, then they've, you know, aesthetically, Mm -hmm. um, grown it to, to the look that they're looking for. But back in the day, you and I just competed in bikini. Right. And so what that look was supposed to be was, you know, nice round cap shoulders, a nice narrow waist, um, kind of a little bit of a V taper, but not overly muscular, nice round, perfect little heart booty, um, nice tight hamstrings that were called conditioned. They wouldn't be striated. And then, um, you did not need to have a six pack or anything in the, in the front, just a nice lean, tight tummy. Right. And that's what you and I were competing in. Correct. However, okay. So, so my point is we learned, we met each other in the fitness world. Yes. Katie was my coach for a couple of, um, competitions and we call these fitness competitions. Is that what they're called? No, Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't fitness competitions. And, um, you know, when I tell people that I've done this before, they either say, oh, CrossFit. No, that's not what I did. And it mm-hmm. was, and then you say bikini and they just kind of look at me with the judging eyes. Like you're a Hawaiian tropics girl. I am. I do. <laughs> yeah. Or a hooker, one or the other, <laughs> whatever, whatever the case may be, but yes. And so I met Katie through, and she became my trainer. 
and um, two competitions, and we were just talking about this earlier. Explain to people, um, I know I did it because I, well, I'm vain, but I really am very competitive too. And it gave me a goal. It wasn't to lose. My my goal for competing was never, everyone, hear me out, was never to lose weight. Mm-hmm. That was not the goal because I remember you saying this to me as as well, another coach I had. That day you step on stage is not reality. That's not what you are every single day, Correct. right? Because what are we doing? We're training for how many weeks in advance for this? Right. So everybody competes for a different reason. Um, I also didn't compete to lose weight. I mean, I think I started, I had no muscle tissue. I was 108 pounds or something like that when I first got into competition. I actually gained four pounds of muscle Mm -hmm. and I looked leaner, but I had more muscle tissue um, when I started, when I was competing at the very, very beginning. So ultimately when you're training to get on stage, you're training for that look. Some people have to lose weight for it. Some people have to put on muscle tissue for it. But that look, when you walk on stage, is a 12 or twelve to 18 hour body because you're water manipulated, you're salt manipulated, um, you may be carb depleted, um, but your body is as lean and as tight as it can be at that moment. As soon as you reintroduce water, as soon as you reintroduce salt, you're going to put weight back on. So what happens is people work out for eight to 12 to 16 weeks, shredding or building, trying to get to that body um, for, for that show. And let's say that you were leaning out for it. You know, you might've spent 12 weeks dropping 12 or 14 pounds. You get on stage, you're the leanest, lightest, the best you've ever looked in your entire life. And that's Saturday on Sunday, you are eight pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. You're bloated. You're soft. You had like emotionally, mentally, it is a disaster mm-hmm. and you haven't eaten in 12 weeks, right? Like mm-hmm. you've right. eaten chicken and broccoli for 12 weeks. So right. now all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to have a hamburger right? and that's going to be followed by a bottle of wine and exactly. then a tub of ice cream. And you know, I know it's Monday and I probably should go to the gym, but you know, I've been training for 12 weeks and I'm going to take today off. Mm-hmm. And then that rolls into Tuesday and then it continues to snowball. And then you get what I call a swing. And so you go from being completely clean and lean to bloated. Um, a lot of people experience a lot of irritable bowel syndrome type symptoms. Yes. Um, Bitchy. Oh, gosh. And <laughs> yeah. And let's, okay, so let's say that all of this is happening no matter who you are, but let's say that you lean all the way out, you look the best you ever did, you get on stage and you don't win. Not even you don't win, you don't place. Mm-hmm been there. And so now you're like, I, I look amazing, but now you feel like crap about yourself because you didn't place. You're like, Oh, well I could, I could have been tighter. I could have been this. I could have been that. And then you look at the girl next to you who doesn't even look like you, like, no, not physically at you at all. And you're like, I should look like her. Right. Mental. So mental. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to play a game. Like if I didn't win, did I really want to look like the girl that did win? Right. Did I want to walk in her body every day? I kind of like who I am. So I would, you know, so like self-confidently, I'd be like, that's all right. Maybe, you know, I probably do need to work my glutes a little more. Maybe I do need a little bit more toning, Right. but I don't want to look like that. Right. And that's okay. Right. Exactly. She can look like that. And, but I've, I also have had, I mean, I've done it 13 times Mm -hmm. and I've definitely had shows where I was like, 
oh, come on. That can't be the winner. <laughs> right. Hey, did you see me? Exactly. Did, I walked on that stage too. I know. Was anybody even looking? The judges didn't even look at me. I can't tell you how many times I heard that from girls. The judges didn't even look at me uh, when I. I, I think I've said that to you. Oh, not just you, but yeah. yes. Yeah. And, and we all feel that way, mm-hmm. especially when you're like, I look so amazing. Your pictures popped up not that long ago. And I was looking at like, you had that pink mm-hmm. bikini on that crossed in the front. Right. And I remember telling you, oh, don't cross it in the front. And then like for weeks you would text me like, do you think it's because I crossed it in the front? Exactly. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Should have listened to me. So let me ask you this. So um, because I have had people in my life and people that will listen to this because I have explained to people I have an eating disorder and I have my my as long as I can remember, I've had issues with food and an eating disorder. And I mean, diagnosed. People, when you're competing, you have to eat so much food. Uh-huh. I mean, this woman made my diet, created my diet for me. Now I worked out and and I do want to talk to you about because your company talks about how much you work out. Um, the amount of food that I consumed, I remember getting on the treadmill. Now I'm an early morning girl at 5 a.m., with broccoli and chicken in my hand or beef or whatever my my chosen food was, eating numerous times a day, five times, I believe, five meals. Six or seven. Possibly so. And so that was, for me, that was actually counterintuitive to my eating disorder of back in my early 20s, not eating all day. And then when I did the competitions or, you know, I, I work out every day now and I know how to eat, but I would argue with the people that say that this feeds an eating disorder. It did not for me already had it. So what do you say to, what do you say to that? There's so many, there's so many thought processes on this. I've definitely seen a lot of eating disorders come out of it. Um, many who didn't necessarily per se have an eating disorder before, but they were also weren't necessarily intuitively eating either. Um, intuitive eating is just when you see food and if you're hungry, then you have some and you stop eating when you're satiated. If you see food and you're not hungry, then you don't feel a need to consume it no matter what it is, whether it's a chocolate bar or a steak or a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. So, um, chicken and broccoli. Um, but I definitely saw a lot of people have eating disorders come off of it and it's usually binge eating. Mm. So they would train and they would eat clean most of the day. And, you know, once you get on that cycle, you know, I get up in the morning and I have oatmeal and egg whites and spinach Mm -hmm. and blueberries. And then, you know, I do all the things that I'm supposed to. And then at night, then they would just binge. Wow. I'll just have a little bit. And that little bit turns into all of it. Sure. Yeah. And you know, it's, I, I was telling you this earlier. I have a friend at one point um, that I did compete with her, and she told me um, after her last show, she hasn't been to the gym. This was a year after her show. She hadn't walked into to a gym or worked out or anything, and I, I, I wonder if it was burnout. But with to your point earlier of the overeating, so I remember the night after a show, uh, Vanessa and I, one of our friends, had the pies and in mm-hmm. Austin, we had pies yeah. after. And let me tell you, that's not good for your gut because it was, you haven't had sugar. And so I learned very quickly. And my husband said, you know what? You cannot drink. Your body can't, you can drink, but you can't drink a bottle of wine afterwards. Your body is not 
I mean, that's anyway, any way you look, any, anything you do. Yeah. And I learned very quickly, if you competed on a Saturday night, by Monday, I've got to get my act back together, yes. you know, and that's just learning your body. And I'm 56 years old and I know my body, but don't you agree? But did you say there are other people swing the other direction? Right. They swing the other way. Um, a lot of people, once they've been dieting for so long and they get on that stage, especially if they're disappointed in the outcome of it, um, they kind of just throw it away. Mm. Now, if they're happy with the outcome, one of two things generally happens. Either one, they get addicted and they continuously chase that dragon. So they're continuously getting back on stage. That was me. I loved it. I loved the process. I didn't actually care about stage as much as I, I love a schedule. I love the discipline. I actually like the food. Mm -hmm. The Um, food is great now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, so I will do a bikini prep esque, like eating or, you know, nutrition plan for a photo shoot or Mm -hmm. for, or for something to do like for the next two weeks or two months or whatever. And most of my eating is pretty clean anyways, but I just like, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, these are my workouts. Tuesday, Thursday, these are my workouts. This is what my cardio is going to look like for the week. And this is my food. I like that plan. Me too. It's Mm -hmm. just, it just, it's not questionable. And emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, I'm a better human when I do it. Mm -hmm. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend because I'm taking care of me. Exactly. And, And I like that aspect of it. Now it can also obviously go the other way where if, even if you do win, say, and you're like, you know, I don't, that was fun. Like it was fine, but I don't want to eat like that. And I don't want to train like that. And that's okay too. But it's when they take that and say, I, I haven't had pizza. So I'm going to eat an entire pizza. I haven't had this. So I'm going to consume all of it. And I've done it. Mm -hmm. Like one night, Chris, my husband and I were at a restaurant and I ordered every single dessert. I wasn't even hungry. But I hadn't eaten in, uh, this was when I was training and I did nationals. I had started competing in September of 2010 and I competed for nationals. I'd done four shows maybe in July, 2011. So I'd basically been training for 10 straight months and I had done like four shows, five shows, maybe nonstop six shows. No, it was six shows. Yeah. It was my sixth show. So I, like I spent my entire summer leaning out. So I didn't, you know, we'd go out on the boat on Lake Austin. Everybody's like drinking, you know, vodka Mm -hmm. sodas. I'm drinking bottled water, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) And so I was like, I'm going to eat all the things. I'm going to do all the things. (laughs) How'd that work out? Well, (laughs) in November, my husband said, we're, I don't think we would have engaged yet. And he said, honey, how does muscle turn to fat? And I was like, well, it doesn't. And he said, well, what happened to you? And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Jeez, Chris. (laughs) Too soon. No, I was like, oh, well, you know, honestly, it was just like one of the, and also I had to buy pants a size bigger. And Uh, remember I told you I had put on muscle tissue in order to compete. So I was bigger than I was before. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't have the body image issue. Like when I look at myself in the mirror, I look the same, even when I'm pregnant. Like I don't like feel like I look fat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, body dysmorphia has never been an issue for me. So I was just like, I just needed slightly bigger pants. So I wear leggings all the time. (laughs) I wear yoga pants before yoga pants were cool. They stretch out. Right. I like, I honestly didn't even realize. And then, 
So I started training. Like I got back into it and, um, not training for a show, but I just, I was training for life and I cleaned up my diet and stopped drinking and stopped ordering six desserts. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It happens, but you were rewarding yourself. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I haven't had dessert in a year. (laughs) So the people that are listening, um, now that do you think body image is, are we, is this a negative connotation for body image? Because, you know, this is in, this isn't an, an embrace me time for women, especially and men, young men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take this, I take what I do to, I mean, I don't take it personally. It's a nice thing, but it's a very personal decision for me to get up and make the choice and to commit to work out every day in the people in my life. And it's okay. I don't have time. It, it's non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a nego- because it it makes me a better person, a better mom, better wife, better friend, endorphins wise. But what do you think the industry is saying to young men and women body image? Does that make sense? It does. So I think it depends on how you look at bodybuilding as a sport. I look at it as a sport specifically. So when I train for a competition, I am training for a look. Absolutely. But I know that that look doesn't last. So I am trying to create in my own physique as much as I can, you know, rounding out my shoulders or creating better adults or, you know, doing, you know, hip dips and, you know, things like that, that I know that the judges are looking for because this is my sport and that's what I train for. Now, if your sport's a marathon, we train differently, right? Right. So, um, nobody looks at a marathon runner and says like, oh, I want to have that body and that would be a negative thing. So I think because bodybuilding is more flashy, yes. you know, you get the beautiful jewelry and oh, the, like yeah, the yeah, sexy yeah. bikinis right. and clear heels, the clear. Okay. I still have mine. And Campbell wants me to wear them. My second son all the time. He's like, mommy, can you wear your stage shoes? Oh my goodness. And, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, 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 not no, no. But like even, so my children came to, when I was competing, um, they came to one of my shows and, um, they're like, mommy, what are you doing? I said, I am going up and I am showing the judges all of the hard work in building my muscles. This is what I've been working on for the last 12 weeks. I worked really, really hard. I went to the gym every day. I've been eating really healthy, growing, we call it growing foods in our house. I eat really healthy growing foods and I want to, to show them how well I worked at my sport. And I hope that translates to them when, you know, they both play soccer. I hope that translates to them to their sport. Like, do you want to work hard for it? But going back to your question about body image, I think it absolutely can be a problem um, because there is that issue of it's only an 18 hour body, which is something I talk to my clients when they say they want to compete. I, I go over very hard, like, mm-hmm. okay, if you want to just have a great body, let's just train for a photo shoot. And yes. get you there and let's be sustainable because you'll look amazing. Mm-hmm. Like what, at the end of our training session, you're going to look amazing. You're going to feel great. Um, but if you actually want to get on stage, let me tell you all of the cons mm-hmm. and all of the things that could happen and all of the things that you may experience emotionally, physically, all of it. If you still want to do it, I'll hundred percent support you and coach you. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like, and this happens a lot with um, people that are self-awareness is becoming a beautiful, beautiful aspect of our culture right now. If they realize that, you know, I do have an eating disorder or I do have body image issues or, um, 
you know, I, I have really bad body dysmorphia because no matter what, I'm going to always be, you know, chubby in my mind because that's how I've always been. I really try to steer them away from it. And a lot of them will say, no, thank you. Like, right. well, let's do the photo shoot instead. Um, when I write nutrition plans, depending on who I write the nutrition plan for, I try to write down all of their calories and their macros. So their proteins, carbohydrates, and fats next to the meal. So that way, if, you know, if you're out at a restaurant and they don't have exactly what is written in your food plan, you can gauge your macros and your calories accordingly and order something similar. Right. And so, but I have people that I will refuse to write that, those numbers down because they are in such a mental and emotional state of, I should be eating less than 1200 calories. They would probably freak out that they're eating 1750 right. and losing weight. Exactly. And they would say like, oh, it could be faster if you like cut my calories. I'm like, no, you'll, you'll hold if I cut your calories. You know, it's interesting because I remember the days of you, when you, you had the number of calories you should consume. Okay. People, if I go down to the local drive through right now, I will eat in half a bite, possibly the number of calories that I need to consume for me personally. And it's not, you know what I mean? You don't mm -hmm. think about that. You're like, oh, wait, you know what I mean? Like, okay, if you have 1700 or whatever the case it's the eating real food. Correct. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Not junk food. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it, that was just kind of my aha moment. My trainer uh, was on the show last year and said that. And I was like, gosh, I never put it. I know that. Yeah. But it's put it in perspective, right? Yep. We was, I was doing, um, I've been doing challenges with my husband, like all through COVID because it's been really fun to compete with him. Well, when we started, looking at leaning out and I did a lean out challenge in the fall and I called a, called it lean out, um, 2020 challenge. We got on plan and it was very similar to a bikini competition diet. Well, Chris has a sweet tooth. He used to smoke and so he doesn't anymore. So it was like he either chews gum or he would have Jolly Ranchers. And he was like, Oh, I don't know why I can't seem to lean out. And I said, baby, how many Jolly Ranchers are you eating? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe 15 or 20 a day. Wow. Well, you know, you're just like, cause it's mindless. It's, yes. it's just mindless. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> we established at one point he was eating 700 calories in Jolly Ranchers per day. Isn't that something? Cause it was just, you know, it was no big deal. It just like popping a Jolly Rancher. He'd be sitting at his desk mm -hmm. working and you just don't think about it. You and don't. so I was like, well, what if we just got out your Jolly Rancher <laughs> habit? And then, you know, it was little things like, if you drink two Cokes a day, like we don't drink soda, but like if you do, it's just water, right? But it's also 160 calories. Right. So all of a sudden you have 300 calories that are unaccounted for. And those little things of just being, identifying them and being aware of them can really actually give you a lot more food in your plan mm -hmm. that you, that you weren't expecting to have, which is why people who go on one of my plans and all of a sudden they're like, I have one lady right now that I'm coaching. She is always like, it's too much food. I'm like, you have to eat it. Yes, just do it. I know. Yeah, and she's like, I'm just, I'm always full. And so this last week we changed out a couple of things to slightly more processed. So she's now, instead of having like a smoothie with spinach and berries and everything, she has an RX bar. And instead of having um, something, uh, protein, something later, um, she just has like a little protein drink. Right. Um, so she doesn't have to consume as much. And then she was like, well, now I'm really hungry. <laughs> oh gosh. 
It's a teeter totter. Well, and, you it know, is. there's a balancing act. So, and this would then go along with intuitive eating. Like, should she, should she be able to, and I, the answer would, I hope be yes, but should she be able to look at her afternoon snack and say like, you know what, I'm actually hungry. And instead of eating this, I'd really like something with more fiber that's going to hold me over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I actually, instead of drinking or eating this bar, maybe I actually do want to have some chicken and broccoli and some rice sure, or something sure. yeah. or an apple and peanut butter, depending on what her macros look like. You know, and, um, things have changed so much. I think if I, if I'm doing the math correctly, I think probably 12, 13 years, I, 13 years ago is when I started, I think I did five shows total, mm-hmm. but even before that, you know, the member that, no, you don't, but, um, the no pain, no gain, that, uh-huh. that Jane Fonda era, yep. no pain, no gain, certainly not the case any longer. And when I first started competitions, it was brown rice, broccoli and chicken. And that was it. That was it. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter how, it did not matter how I processed the food. Didn't even think about it. Then I started training with you. And, um, at that point, I remember comparing myself to the other girls I was in my group or that we were working with and they might've gotten spaghetti squash or acorn squash or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's a, so you knew our bodies, which brings me into your new business, which your business is five years old now or four years old? Three. Three years old. Okay. So my body GX, Mm -hmm. you have developed this program. And of course you do your chemistry major from Colorado. I mean, of course you, this chemistry that you just love that you love that science. So tell us about, because I'm so excited and we did the test, mm-hmm. the DNA test. So tell us a little bit about your business, because I think this is fascinating and the followers and listeners are going to love this. Yeah, absolutely. So My Body GX, um, I founded it in 2018 after speaking to a genetics lab. And basically what I wanted to be able to do was to use DNA to specifically be able to tell somebody how their body likes to eat and how it likes to work out. Now we have four different tests. Um, but what we're really looking at is do you, if you want to lean out, you know, how do we feed your body? How do we train your body? If you are an athlete and you're trying to, you know, be faster at your sport, maybe you're a triathlete or, uh, maybe you're a marathon runner, or maybe you're a CrossFitter, whatever that looks like, how do you improve your times? How do you be quicker? How do you feed your body in order to improve your muscle tissue? If you are a faster, a slow twitch um, muscle fiber person, you know, and you're trying to work in a sport that requires the opposite. So like if you're um, a fast twitch muscle, your muscles um, get tired more quickly. Well, that's not a good thing if you are a marathon runner. So how do we train your body if you're more of a power athlete to be able to do distance? And then you know, how do we help? age healthy? You know, how do we keep, you know, collagen in our system and how do we keep our hearing longer and all of that? And then how well does our body break down food into vitamins and minerals and pass those through the cellular wall? Like all of that's really important for all around health and wellness. And so I ultimately established and founded my body GX as a way to use genetics to answer all of those questions. So the test that you did is called lean GX and that specifically looks at how does your body like to lean out? So we're going to go over metabolism. We're going to go over, you know, what is your body's tendency at weight loss at weight regain after you lose it? Um, we look at, you know, are you likely to binge eat? And then we get into the really hardcore things like 
how does your body utilize macronutrients? And macronutrients are your proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. So do you need more protein? Do you need less fat? Do you need more carbohydrates? Which I know scares people to bejeebies, Mm -hmm. but- some bodies just lean out better if you have more carbohydrates. I mean, there's a reason why some vegans who their body's all plant-based, which is a lot of carbohydrates, look so lean and healthy. Their bodies like that. Um, the same reason that um, some people do keto and it works really, really well for them. That is an extremely high 70% of their um, nutritional intake is uh, fat. Very different than what a vegan's nutrition looks like. Um, Very different than, say, somebody who does really, really well on, like, say, Atkins, which is extremely, extremely high protein, very, very, very low carb. And those people work. But if you notice, those are all very different diets and all for very different people. But a lot of people have tried them all. Mm -hmm. And so maybe none of them are actually what works for them. So, like, keto doesn't work for me. Adkins, uh, no, that doesn't work for me. I will never do keto. Um, paleo, like, does that work for you? Well, what does paleo actually mean or what does that look like? So we can actually break down, anyway, so we can actually break down food and know what your body likes. And then once we know that, we can feed you accordingly. And then how does your body um, respond to exercise? So do you lean out easily by doing cardio? Are you better off weight training? Those kind of depend too. So for example, my fat loss response to cardio is extremely low, which means I have three options. One, I can do, well, let's talk about what it means first. If you have a low responsive um, body fat loss from cardio, that means that your body goes through glucose and glycogen slower than the quote unquote average bear, which means it takes you a little bit longer to get into the fat burning zone. So you have three options. One, this is where fasted cardio became popular. You can do fasted cardio. So get up in the morning, don't eat, go do your cardio. You haven't eaten since last night. You've probably burned through most of your glucose through your sleep. You're going to burn through your glycogen pretty quickly. Then you can get into the fat burning zone and have, say, if you're doing 45 minutes of cardio, you might get 30 minutes of fat burn in. That's great. Second, you can do your weight training first. So your weight training actually breaks down glucose and glycogen faster because you're breaking down your muscle tissue and you get into the fat burn during your resistance training. Then jump on the treadmill and get in your 45 minutes of cardio. So then you're in the fat burning zone the entire time. Plus you get that extra residual fat burn from when you were lifting. So you're kind of getting like a, a double doozy, if you will. Right. That's my favorite way to do it. Third would be duration cardio. So 90 to 120 minutes of straight, steady state cardio. Great for my marathon runners, my triathletes, um, my Ironman trainers, like anybody who's doing an exceptionally large amount of training. They don't really want to be in the body fat burning zone per se, um, but that's another way to get there. Um, But what if you have an enhanced ability to um, change your physique and burn body fat through resistance training? And you're one of those people that doesn't have time to work out. It would be who of you to do 20 minutes of resistance training and not 20 minutes of running because your body will change more efficiently and faster through the resistance trainer training versus doing the cardio. Now, cardio is still good for your heart. And I would never say like, don't do cardio. But if you have to pick, like I have 20 minutes, what should I do? What am I going to get the most out of? You would pick in that particular case, uh, bodybuilder or 
uh, weight training or resistance training. And so the test that I took, which is basically a swab, a saliva swab, mm-hmm. first thing, well, I did it first thing in the morning, I hadn't eaten anything. Mm-hmm. So that will give me, you will have that information for me, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and it's just all DNA, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're swabbing for is actual cheek cells. So the reason that you don't want to, you want to do it first thing in the morning before you eat or drink or brush your teeth is because while you were sleeping, you have all of those dead skin cells in your cheeks. And we want to slough as many of them off onto the Q-tip as we can. And then the more, obviously, the more cells that we have, the more complete we can look at your DNA. Wow. And then the lab then analyzes that. And it, the way that they analyze it is they look and see, like, they look at specific genetic SNPs. And a SNP is a piece of your DNA that you're specifically looking at that has a name and it has a very specific job. So for example, if you look at the FTO SNP, it tells our body, it tells us how well we utilize protein. Now that's really important because not only does it tell us how much protein we should eat, but it also tells us if our body breaks down our muscle tissue faster or slower than the quote unquote average SNP or average allele. So if you have an enhanced ability to utilize protein, one of the reasons that you need to eat so much more protein than an average person is because your body's breaking down muscle tissue faster. And in order to keep the muscle tissue that we work so hard at, keep it nice and full, that keeps our metabolism up and everything. The reason that we'd want to do that is then obviously so that, um, the reason that we're feeding, <laughs> blah, the reason that we are um, feeding our bodies so much more protein is so that we can continue to feed our muscles because our muscles break down. It's interesting, um, all of this information, because my physician and I've done scans and I've done so many tests, sensitivity, food sensitivity tests, just to make sure I'm taking care of myself. You know, you have one body, take mm-hmm. care of it. You better yeah. take care of it. But my doctor asked me, it was before COVID because I was in front in right in front of her internal medicine doctor. And she said, her, she didn't know me. She's, are you vegetarian? I'm like, no, actually, I work for the beef industry. <laughs> and uh, she said, that's interesting because your body, you are, you don't, you're not consuming enough protein. There's no way. So I thought about it and thought about it. And I've been very conscientious since then because the aging body, I certainly cannot afford to lose muscle mass at this mm-hmm. point in my life or any point in my life. But um, it would be interesting to see if your test reports that I need more or less. I think with me, Katie, one thing about when I was competing, I was disciplined to eat a certain time. Mm-hmm. I get so busy. I hear that all the time. I don't eat. I mean, and let me tell you, I'm going to put the eating disorder over there on the shelf for a minute. And maybe that is a problem. Maybe there's something uh, psychological with that. But I just, I, I will look at my husband like, where'd you have lunch today? I went, where? I didn't, I mean, I just didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid that I'm doing my body a huge disservice because I work out every day. You know, I do have a clean diet, but sometimes there's just no diet. So could that be the problem that I'm just not consuming protein? Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm a lot of my clients who, you know, have a very spotty nutrition, like it's not that bad, but they just don't eat often. Or, um, when they do eat, it's amazing how much more you eat when you have to weigh your food. Oh gosh. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah. You know, when I serve myself chicken, I probably honestly would serve myself about two, two and a half ounces. When I'm training, I serve myself the full four. And so like when you're cutting up a chicken breast or a chicken thigh and you have to go back 
and into a second chicken thigh, you think you're eating over your serving, like Mm -hmm. a chicken thigh is a serving, (laughs) but it's not really, it's just how much do you need? And so a lot of times not eating enough is just as bad as overeating. Exactly. I mean, and it's, I mean that, and two doctors told me this. Mm -hmm. So, and they don't even know each other, but they were reading my test results. So the DNA test that you did, Mm -hmm. well, certainly you will not be surprised surprised after you hear (laughs) what I'm reporting to you today. Right. Well, you know, what's amazing about these is these tests are aha moments. You're like, aha, that's why it worked like that back when it used to work like that. Or, oh, that's why it's not working. That's why I can do all of the cardio and not lose any weight. I just mm-hmm. don't understand. Like I get up in the morning and I have my smoothie and I go for a run and I don't lose any weight. Well, maybe you should have done fasted and then come home and had your smoothie. So it's just, wow. it's really interesting that you, we can honestly work with our bodies and, and stop, stop listening to what mainstream media is telling us about what is healthy and look at our bodies and say like, this is what my body likes and this is how I'm going to feed it. You know, and that's interesting because we do listen. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the latest diet and this is, you know, so on and so forth. And, and if, if everyone's different. I recently had the American Heart Association on the show and mm-hmm. the doctors were talking about, uh, you know, what you should do daily with, you just need to keep your heart moving. I had Dr. Lisa Gardner on about having to do cardio. And I have to say for the first time in my life, I work out six days a week and I just haven't gotten, I'm not saying I don't have time. I haven't gotten the cardio piece in. All right. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten it in. All right. So I'm not training for anything specific. I'm leaner than I've been probably in my life naturally, Mm -hmm. you know, just eating clean Mm -hmm. pretty much. So wonder what that's telling me. I do three days a week strength training, three days a week reformer Pilates. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to say no cardio. Now we'll do some HIIT training with them. Mm-hmm. So what is what do you think about that? I'm not surprised at all. My leanest that I've ever been was I only did, and this is competing for a show. And you know, when you compete for a show, you usually do cardio six to seven days a week, many times twice a day. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you do three or four days a week of resistance training. Well, when I was training for my last round of shows, I had two different workout partners. So I lifted six times a week. And let's be honest, and I kind of ran out of time. So I did spin three days a week. And then if I felt like it, I might go for a walk or I might do a little step mill. Like if I was waiting for my, you know, partner to finish changing for the gym or whatever. But I like, other than the three days of spin, like all of my training was lifting. I had never been leaner. I had never been stronger. I had never like my muscle tissue, like the development was so pretty and I, and I want to show. Like, so mm-hmm. there's definitely something to be said to it. You don't need to do all of the cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to see what your body does like. Right. And so, yeah, I lifted six hours a week as opposed to doing six hours of cardio. And isn't that amazing? It was fabulous. Yeah. Cause I love to lift. I love yeah, it. I do too. And I am not a fan of cardio. I just, I, I, like I need to. Yeah, and, and you're saying, I mean, Peloton, you love the Peloton and, mm-hmm. and I, I need to do that. But honestly, mine could be any bike. <laughs> oh, any bike. Yeah. 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 My husband avidly like watches the coaches, but I actually, I have, there's a local gym in Austin that I, I watch their coaches, uh, maybe about half to a third of the time, but I do like, I listen to podcasts. I, thank uh, you. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Cause you know, it's, it's, it takes me out of my head. So yes. like, I know, I know where I need to be as far as 
you know, speed and distance for time that I'm on the bike. So I have a good grasp of like when I'm working hard and I, you know, know my body. And so, um, I can do that. I listen to sermons. I listen to a lot of sermons. I listen to music. I read books. I read smut. Like, I don't know, like it just, whatever. Exactly. And I check emails. I write diets every Friday. I write diets on the bike. Right. Right. So yeah, I just, I, but I love it. And it's, I'm training for a marathon. Um, this year I have a lot of big goals cause I'm training 40, but, um, that it's one of the ways that I can cross train and continue to build my endurance right? without putting the stress and pressure, uh, cause you know, running is really hard on your body. Oh gosh. And so I don't like, I don't want to do all of that compound pressure all of the time. So by cycling and helping with my endurance, I don't have to put as many miles on my feet. Right. So with your, my body GX, I have recently done NutriVal. Um, it's a nutrition testing mm-hmm. and seeing what's going on in my body. I mean, down to the, I mean, mm-hmm. Nat's ass, literally. Mm-hmm. And um, food sensitivity mm-hmm. diets. I mean, all all yeah. of those things I've done throughout the year. And you and I have had these conversations throughout the years. But I do know what my food sensitivities are and take mm-hmm. them out. What, what will your test do you have any of that type of testing at all? Or is that, do you just, you just look at me and say, well, Tiffy, I know right now you can't have X, Y, or Z. You should not have, because you're sensitive, you're showing, your blood is showing sensitivity to almonds or whatever the case may be. Almonds aren't bad people. Almonds are not bad. But it came up as a, as a highly sensitive issue with me. So what would you say if you looked at my numbers? I mean. So we don't do it like that. What, um nutritionally, I can tell you on the macro scale, like nutrient wise, like do you, how much of each of these macronutrients do you need? Gotcha. But then micronutrient wise, um, so your vitamins and minerals, I can look at those and say like, okay, your vitamin B9, which is your folate, it is the transport system for your vitamin B12. It, the SNP is MTHFR. Yes. Okay. We have a name for that. Yes. (laughs) So that's a really important vitamin. I can look at your genetic tests and say, okay, your performance is below average, which just means that your body has a below average tendency to break down food into vitamin B9 and pass it through the cellular wall. That does not mean you're deficient per se, but if you are deficient, now that we know what foods can we give you that could then help to build up your absorption. So think about it. Think about it as either um, raindrops or a waterfall. Like I want to give you raindrops throughout the week of foods that have vitamin B9. If you got a B9 shot, it's a waterfall, right? So like you're getting it really hard, really fast. But if we can train your body throughout the week with food, giving you little bits of vitamin B9, it will then help with the absorption of your B12. Mm-hmm. And then help you be. You know what? Um, my doctor, I, hormone, I'm... Well, I understand now that I'm postmenopausal. How did that happen? I don't know. Like, when did everybody get, like, I, how did Kennedy become 22? 22 years old. I know, I know. You know, and so she said, oh, no, you're postmenopausal. What? No, I'm not. Stop it. But she was just giving me my results the other day. And I'm, I take a lot of supplements because I'm, I, I just take a lot of supplements and then going through hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what? You're a little low in zinc. You're a little low. And she said, I'm not, I'm not concerned at all, but there's reasons why you need zinc, blah, blah, blah. She said, 
let's do a little test. Let's go three months and let me feed you zinc. Let's add zinc throughout your, your, for your body mm-hmm. through food. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to do that, Tiff, instead of taking another pill at night or another supplement at night? And I'm like, yes. So she told me the foods that would be, that would encourage zinc, mm-hmm. cashews. I will not eat oysters. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a seafood person, but she told me the foods to eat for zinc. So we're doing a little trick, a little. I love that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm excited about that because it'll, it'll be a telltale because every day I'm getting up, I'm having, I am consuming zinc foods high in zinc. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I do too. Because I take enough supplements. Lord have mercy. I, you know, whenever I go through one of these reports and somebody says, should I take a multivitamin? Well, should, could, would, honestly, I think that we can get enough nutrition out of our food. If you think about it, if you don't think about it, absolutely take a multivitamin. A lot of people, especially women, really honestly in your early thirties should probably be on a vitamin D supplement. Now, that being said, like if you are actually really thoughtful, if you eat salmon, if you consume, um, dairy or any kind of, um, dairy based product or milk based product, like almond milk, coconut milk, those are all fortified with vitamin D. If you go outside for 20 minutes, you know, five to six days a week, you probably will absorb enough vitamin D. But if you really think that you need it, take the supplement like that. I think that's fine. But I personally, I would like to feed somebody first and see how they do and then go back. Now, if you're really deficient, like say if you're deficient in B12, which happens a lot with people that don't eat animal products, Mm -hmm. because that's the only way to get them. Um, they suffer from things like irritable bowel syndrome and gas and bloating and, um, short-term memory recall issues. Um, a lot of people describe it as adult onset ADD, that deficiency. Yeah. Take a vitamin B12, mm-hmm. like take mm-hmm. it. Cause you will feel so much better. Like you're going to clean out your gut. You're gonna make everything healthier. Maybe it's an MTHFR issue. So maybe, you know, by taking a chelated vitamin B9 along with it, it's going to open up a chelated just means like it's going to be open and available and receptive. It'll help, you know, transport that vitamin B12. So like there's definitely a place for supplementation, right? But if we can, let through food, yeah, let's get a good variety. Let's make a happy plate, make it green and orange, and you know, a little bit of tan and some yellow and some, you know, bright colors. Right. The more colorful your plate, the more vitamins that are exactly. on it. Exactly. So I know you still see a lot of the girls that I competed with, which are around mm-hmm. my age, definitely my age. So me being post, probably one of the older ones. I'm sure you have the peri and the the menopausal group. So you and I were discussing earlier. I am thank you, Doctor Leanne Scott, for balancing me out because I am finally balanced. But it took, you know, through perimenopause, I had some issues. I think back, you know, when I mm-hmm. met you, I was breaking out. I didn't have enough progesterone. I was, I mean, and I, I remember us having oh those conversations. <laughs> like, how do I have zits? I mean, seriously, I'm I'm 45 years old. So, um, so. I am balanced mm-hmm. and I have no, you know, my, my estrogen, my, uh, my DHEA, I'm, I'm pretty balanced. I'm pretty proud to say, but when you have women and men mm-hmm. that just, they are doing their everything right, but they just cannot, they can't, there's, um, I, I had a doctor tell me one time, you're the Michelin man. It's, it's, uh, you have that, that belly around your waist. I'm like, I could, that, that's not an option for me, you know, but 
doing everything right, hormones are so powerful, right? Yep. yep. It's, I see it a lot. And especially as I'm getting older, um, you know, my friends and the people that I attract in my business, they're, you know, between 35 and 60 and they're all going through either. I see a lot of thyroid issues. Um, I definitely see tons of women that are, you know, trying to balance out testosterone or estrogen or progesterone. And even like some of, um, the women that are slightly younger than me that were, you know, well, and even my age that we're all having babies still, you know, having babies when you're in your later thirties, like that really can mess up or completely get you back to normal in your hormones. Like wow. I have a girlfriend that she was doing testosterone cream. We, I was training her. She was doing an estrogen supplement. I mean, it was just, she was all over the board and she couldn't lean out and she was just really uncomfortable and whoops, she wound up pregnant. Um, not really whoops. Like she was, you know, she and her husband were trying, but, and then the baby came and she leaned out like she was first married, you know, not that this was, you know, this is her third child. And she, all of a sudden she leaned out like she was first married, like she, the weight came right off. Hmm. And so just in its natural state of being like her hormones then refluctuated and it bounced itself out. So but trying to get there, like oh. with supplementation is a bear. It is a bear. And I see it all the time and it's so heartbreaking and it's frustrating and it's, I'm doing all the, I'm eating the right foods and I'm working out every day and I'm, I'm doing all these things and I just can't control my body anymore. And that's a problem. And that is a problem. And, and of course, you know, when you are in the phase of life that, myself and many of your clients and you as well, stress is not your friend. I mean, when it comes, <laughs> you know, cortisol and it's yes. just, it's, it's unbelievable what stress does because yes. I get that a lot. Are you stressed? Yeah. <laughs> you think? Oh my gosh. And I have one 22 year old, but you know, starting a new business and, yeah. and husband in retirement. So stress has a lot to do. So mm -hmm. what do you do? Right. I mean, Work out. Work out. That's what I do. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. You know, bring up those great endorphins and really try to give yourself that every opportunity to control it. But, you know, we have, like, we have friends in real estate and mm -hmm. they are working around the clock because uh. the market is bananas right now. And so, you know, like skipping meals and skipping workouts and, and being hormonally like a disaster. And it, it's just, it's unfortunately, tough. it's a season. It it's a, a hateful one. It's a season, you know, and, and I, and I have read and I have heard from many physicians, especially on the show and different people, the stress of the past year that it's, that it's mm -hmm. put us all through the unknowing of COVID and is what it's done to so many of us. And then how many alcoholics are going to be made of COVID mm -hmm. at home drinking all day long? You know, I, of course it's, I mean, how many memes have you yeah. seen on that for sure? I mean, I was relating it the other day to my husband, a senioritis. I was like, I am just so itchy to like do anything oh my without my children. Oh my gosh. I love them. I love them. But yes, let, oh. let me put on some pretty shoes. And <laughs> okay. So I told everyone I told, I kept saying, I'm so sorry. You had to fly in. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's like, no. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. This is a vacation. <laughs> it is. It's like, honestly, I've been so looking forward to coming because, okay, not just the getting away, but I, like I got dressed up yes. and I put on eyelashes and <laughs> I hear this and you know, I, this outfit that I bought, um, I know I bought it in 
the beginning of November and I've never worn it. Mm-mm. And, you know, because I don't go anywhere. She had the cutest outfit, Took sent a picture to me. <laughs> and, of course, last night we're chatting on text, and I'm like, oh, no, you can't wear your cute little spring outfit because mm-hmm. it's freezing here today. I know, I know. Texas. Well, I'm going to wear it for for Easter, so it won't be wasted. But, yeah, but even, like, right before my birthday, I got this lovely leather jacket, and I never wear it. Also, because I have, like, you know, the baby is a baby, so I don't want him to touch me. No. <laughs> Don't touch me, please. I know. I was dressed and he's like reaching for me. And so like I picked him up and I was like holding him like bounced in front of me and like giving him like little baby kisses on his face. And he was like trying to like, you know, I was like, here, mom. Hey, don't touch me. I gave him to my mom. Don't spit up on me either. (laughs) At all. So Katie, tell me this, my body GX. So can you train and can you help people virtually? Yeah. So, um, I do multiple different kinds of training. Um, one of the things that I found is the most successful is to have a challenge or something that has a start and an end date. So um, I'm doing a lean out. So this started back in the fall. We did the lean out 2020 challenge and it was so successful and people kept on saying, can we do another one? Can we do another? Are you doing another one? I want to do the next one. So I did one at the beginning of January and then I had a second one um, at the end of February that started. And then I'm going to launch the third one the week after Memorial Day. So when the kids are out of school and like the craziness of um, the summer or end of school, beginning of summer ends. And then there'll be another one in the fall again. So there'll be multiple opportunities to do it. And it is all encompassing. So I write your nutrition every week. It's completely custom. You send me pictures every week. I write your workouts and your workouts are based on what you have and, um, your equipment in your your home or what you have access to. So if you have access to a full gym, you go to 24 hour fitness or whatever. Great. I'll write your plan. According to that, if you are staying at home and you do bands, or hand weights, or you have no equipment at all and you just want to do body weight work, great. You I'll, can do that. I will write you a hundred percent custom plan. Okay. So then, yeah. So based on, basically based on your goals and everything, like if you want to build, we'll do that. If you're training for a marathon, we'll do that. If you just want to lose some weight, we'll do that. Right. And then some of my clients have also been doing their lean GX reports as well. And so then we get a really good idea. And once the challenges are over, my goal for everyone is to be able to take the result and either continue on their journey, whether with me or on their own, because you can always rinse and repeat the plan, sure. right? Like you can start back again at week start one on or take what you know. And if you're at where you want to be, I want to teach you how to maintain and teach you how to understand your body so that going forward, you are self-reliant. Am I here for you? Absolutely. Always. I want to be a resource. If you just want to look up a, a recipe or you need a new idea or you want Hey, I just got these bands. Like right. what kind of work can I do or whatever? I am happy to help. Um, but if you want like a true start and all of that goal, like I want to be there for you. And honestly, I diet down when with the with challenges, yeah, sure. I do it too. And it's so fun for me. Like mm-hmm. I love doing, honestly, we diet so much in my family that my seven and a half year old son is like, so what day are we on this week? So, you know, oh, we've been yeah. paleo, we've been whole 30. <laughs> Cause like, you're testing it out. Of yeah. Course. Well, I, I want to be able to speak intelligently on whatever the latest fat is. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I guinea pig it. Right. Let me see. Because there's like? so many fads. Mm-hmm. And I know. it's good to be able to say like, you know, paleo is a great, a great plan. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually practice it primarily right. at our house. Like I, I do it and mostly I do it because I love how many vegetables that we eat. Right. So when we're eating on plan or eating in a certain style, I have a tendency to 
push a lot more vegetables onto our plates, which means my children are eating a lot more vegetables. Eat the rainbow. Yes. Um, Also, I have a tendency to buy it. You know, we we don't have candy, so I bought a lot more fruit. Sure. Or um, we do air pop popcorn. And, you know, so we have like a lot of more fun, healthy foods. And, you know, when you're not being thoughtful about it, it's easy to just. It is fall off. It is certainly. Absolutely. Okay. So if someone wants to find you, yes, they can find you on Instagram at mybodygx. Okay. Or you can actually go to mybodygx.com and um, check out all the plans, or you can send me an email at Katie and I spell my name differently. It's K-A-T-I and Katie at mybodygx.com. And you can find her through me for sure. Absolutely. Because I have this sister on auto dial. That's for sure. (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm so proud of you. You're so intelligent. You speak so well. I mean, you always have. And I mean, just brilliant, brilliant. And you're a mommy and a fabulous wife down in Austin. And I miss you and my whole whole crew. Me too. Me too. We need to get back together when all this is passed. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. And go to that, uh, go to Apple and rate and review this. Let me know what you'd like to hear. And please, everyone, subscribe and follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman on Instagram and Facebook. And everyone have a wonderful day and keep being fabulous. 